On the show, our glorious Adelaide Oval is set to become Australia's first sporting hub with AFL and cricket destined for SA. New man, a former bitter rival, set to coach 36ers. Virgin Australia looks set to be grounded. Where does that leave their partnership with the AFL? That's next on the Press Box. Oh boy, we are just about there. 50 shows. We're one away. That's right. The Press Box here with Sam Tugwell, Jace Kemp and Dale Fletcher. Ready to bring you another Skype edition of the show. Uh, all audio, of course. We want to bring you some video soon. We might do that as we uh, get a little bit more technologically savvy. Anyway, time to get stuck into this one. Of course, uh, lots going on around the place. We've got your shout-outs. Plenty to hot off the press tonight. And uh, lots going on around the footy and cricket, basketball circles, etc. Gentlemen, welcome to the program once again. Hello, boys. It's uh, been another big week here in my uh, front room here on the, in, on my uh, outdoor setting. It's a story <laughs> and uh, who, who would have thought? Uh, everyone thought that sport was going to stop, and we had we'll have nothing to do. Well, I don't, I don't think I've been busier. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm still getting used to this isolation business. I, my Wi-Fi is not very uh, not working very well. It's coming. Dale's coming up all pixelated, and I think there's about a five-second delay at the moment. So all things are tracking very well. We're trying our best, maybe aren't we? Turn, maybe maybe you should just turn the Netflix off for a bit. <laughs> Yes, what a what a series watching The Last Dance. Monday night, primetime viewing The Last Dance. If you haven't got on it yet, Michael Jordan series, uh, it is absolutely fire. Jason and I have got about an hour or so before uh, between end of work and the start of the podcast usually. So we used, both of us use that time to start watching the first step. Uh, we won't give anything away. You have to go and watch it. No, it's, it's fantastic. Some yeah. of the behind-the-scenes footage they've got. And just actually just watching... Just a little snippet from the first episode, watching, you know, when the Bulls weren't, hadn't uh, started creating this dynasty and, and uh, Michael Jordan first started playing, watching those empty stadiums, all of a sudden, a couple of months later, they started filling up. You couldn't get a, a ticket to go and watch him play. Unreal. Unbelievable. Seriously, unbelievable. Um, before we go anywhere, we're going to get stuck into, as we uh, said uh, at the end of last show and we've been promoting on Twitter and Facebook and all the socials this week, uh, some of our shout-outs uh, that we've been doing. Oh, there, the sale of the century gets involved on the show now that we uh, want to really spruik up uh, all those that get around the press box, and we want to get around you, of course. So uh, first up, the NBL Pocket Podcast, uh, one of our favourites, Dale, especially because we're uh, we're NBL fans and absolutely love the basketball. So they've given us a shout out, and we've given them one back. They are absolutely brilliant with uh, the insight and the guests they have on their shows. Uh, the Crowjack, the footy, uh, the footy one with the they've all they're all footy fans at the Crowjack. A number of them listen to us, and we love them. So. Uh, Shout out to you guys and, uh, of course, Elodie, the one female on the team. But there's, there are a whole bunch of footy fans, Crows fans, absolutely passionate, and they uh, they love it. So thanks for getting around us, guys and girl. Uh, of course, and the two Crows podcasts as well, uh, the Anthony and Ali, they're very, very good. Love their footy as well, the Crows. Um, I'll tell you what, a bit of a trend there. Crows fans everywhere. Mm. Where are the Power fans? <laughs> probably, probably counting up the premierships, I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> Ha uh-huh. ha! Well, you better get on the podcast bandwagon. Give us a shout out as well. Nate Turner, he, he's like our favourite. He's our he's our mascot, I reckon, on Twitter. Absolutely gets around us twenty four seven. No, get around Nate Turner, loves it. Um, so there's our shout outs for uh, for this week. If you want a shout out on the press box, and uh, we're going to give you plenty on, uh, of course, all the socials as well. If uh, if you do the same, we're just sh- sharing a bit of love in this time of coronavirus downtime. But anyway, uh, let's get stuck into hot off the press. <laughs> Yeah, the, the summer of cricket um, coming up um, was going to have uh, India come out and play a, a four-test series now. Over the weekend or end of last week, uh, Cricket Australia um, come out pretty much like every other sporting organisation and um, cut 80% of its work staff and everyone took pay cuts uh, galore. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that in mind, uh, Cricket Australia, t- um, Monday night, uh, wants to replace the historic first test, uh, first test on on Australian soil against Afghanistan, with a fifth test against India to wow. uh, reap some of the uh, get some of the um, the money back uh, that they're currently losing. So, be a five test series against India. That's what Cricket Australia wants. So obviously every uh, uh, home venue will, will get. Uh, get an Indian test match. So uh, that's a, a very interesting development and, uh, well, common sense move really to uh, re- get some money back uh, 
into the Cricket Australia bank account. Really complicated times too with uh, the coronavirus uh, shutting down international borders all over the place as well. Makes it very hard for international cricket to be uh, something you can just sort of swap teams in and out of any country at any time. So uh, that is uh, probably, as you said, the common sense move, but also makes it um, very interesting in terms of the ICC Test Championship. Maybe uh, we can discuss that a little more later, but uh, all in that area... Uh, that sounds very nice for Adelaide, which is um, looking to want to try and become a bit of a, a home for for cricket here in uh, in Australia at some stage. Anyway, we will get onto that a bit later. But the biggest hot off the press story um, for the start of this week, nonetheless, uh, Dale, give us uh, the information here on probably the biggest one uh, so far in the last couple of days. Yes, um, Virgin Australia. Um, it was uh, is it or is in voluntary administration uh, as we speak, or pretty close to it. Um, now, uh, Monday night, uh, it's been reported that uh, Melbourne-based private equity firm BGH Capital is emerging as a strong contender to take over Virgin Australia. So uh, the market's been bracing uh, for that come Tuesday morning. So uh, BGH Capital could be a white knight for Virgin Australia, which has a lot of flow-on effects because, uh, as we all know, Virgin Australia flies around all the AFL players around around the country. So um, let's hope BGA, BGH uh, Capital have, uh, have some coins in their bank account. Well, they don't want to have a lot of coins because Virgin Australia is about $5 billion bucks in debt. But the interesting thing, like you mentioned, is that Virgin is a, a major sponsor for the AFL and they – Basically, the AFL receives between five and ten million bucks a year just from that sponsorship. So it's quite a lucrative deal. But on top of that, Virgin's also sponsors Carlton, Greater Western Sydney, and the Gold Coast, as well as um, actually the V8 Supercar, or not V8, but the Supercars Championship. So it's looming as a, uh, a quite a, a bit of a disaster in terms of you know those sponsorship dollars that the AFL desperately needs at the moment with everything else happening and obviously the TV rights deals uh, sort of up in the air with no football being played. Um, so it, it could mean a um, it could mean a big hit for the AFL as well. What would that mean for the quarantine hub concept? If if and that's a, a not a, a a huge if compared to a few hours ago when. They went into voluntary um, administration and there wasn't the likelihood of a a white knight like this. But if, of course, um, this doesn't come to be um, and they they do have to part way with uh, the money and the AFL and all those clubs, how how in the world are they going to manage some sort of AFL quarantine hub situation without all these clubs getting on a plane and getting to one particular location? Yeah, it's going to be very tough, I think. It's going to be um, – it, it almost – I believe it almost backs in the, the hub situation because that means all your players are stationary in, in one sort of zone or, or in a couple of different zones. So you almost want to go down that path if you've got your major airline falling over and not being able to carry your players from, you know, different destinations around Australia. And we're talking, you know, hundreds of players getting on – if, you know, each week getting on multiple planes at the same time. So without that major carrier involved, you'd almost think that the hubs, this gives a further vindication that the hubs mm. is going to happen. And it also uh, should mean that uh, home teams should actually stay at home. So uh, the fast that I heard across <laughs> over the weekend that uh, the Crows and Port would have to fly somewhere else in the country because Adelaide Oval be too much of a home ground advantage. You know, West Coast and Frio too much of a home ground advantage in Perth. Oh. That's that that that's just a that's just an absolute farce now with this uh, Virgin um, uh, scenario. So uh, surely the the less less people on on planes, uh, the better. I would have thought. Give us a spell that story that came out last Friday. We put it on our Twitter and put it out there, pass or fast, and it was an overwhelming uh, farcical uh, response, as fair enough. <laughs> Sounded like, and from what we've managed to gather in uh, the time since then, is that the story is a, a bit of a false one and it doesn't really have much ground but under it, which is probably a good thing for us South Aussie footy fans because we don't really want to see Port Adelaide and the Crows go into state because of a some sort of disadvantage at the Adelaide Oval, um, having an advantage over everyone else. But we've yeah. all we all heard the advantage the the, the the arguments up to this point, but certainly certainly a bit of a strange one to come out, especially if it's not true um, to be reporting that. But anyway. Fingers crossed that um, it all goes with it, without any of that happening and it's all in the one place. Well, yeah, for sure. It's a common sense move. Like, just 
bring four teams to South Australia and let's go. Bring four teams to Western Australia, let's go. And then have the the rest play at the well, the highest bidder, whoever who was the safest uh, the safest destination in Australia can uh, can have the other six teams. Probably, probably probably Darwin. Yeah, probably Darwin. Um, Sam, last week you said that you didn't think that AFL would go ahead this year. After such low testing results, I think SA recorded zero, WA recorded zero today. Um, the NT continues to record zero. I don't think they've actually recorded a case for maybe a week or so. Where does that sort of leave your opinion? I think I think it's inevitable now that with these low numbers, we get back to playing probably sooner rather than later. No, it's, I'm glad you asked because I've actually started to feel a little bit better about things this week, especially after you see those sort of numbers rolling in. And South Australia in particular, I mean, yes, we'll mm. keep our borders up for a while and, and make sure no one comes in so that we are definitely clear. Um, but even then, the only little worry is, are you still bringing in uh, cases from all these interstate um, uh, states where they are still with high numbers, you'd hope not. If they're going down as well, then Australia's going to be safe and we can start to move around a little bit more easily. And that's what I'm feeling comfortable with is once the whole country starts to really come down at the same rate, which it seems to be ever so slightly, and South Australia's just so far ahead of the curve, it's not even funny, pardon the pun, but mm. we are we are actually that far in front that it's it's a great sign for, teams, uh, for footy teams like the Crows and Power. They could get to work earlier. Uh, Sample teams can even start to maybe get themselves out in the park and all sorts of other um, sporting uh, teams and organisations can get themselves up and running early. So absolutely brilliant with NSA. I'd like to think the AFL, because we're only seven days, really, seven days away from finding out what the return date might be. So nonetheless, the AFL, it's kind of come at a really good time for them to start making and thinking about a decision. I think with the AFL as well, they sort of let the NRL do a lot of the groundwork for setting a date. They've been pretty quiet. Well, like you said, in a week's time, we'll probably know the date they want to set. We're thinking late July is when the the date they've uh, got in mind. But they've sort of let the NRL, you know, go ahead and set their date for, when was it, next month? The the end of next month to to go ahead. Um, Yeah. And then they've been really silent about it until, you know, they're going to obviously speak about it next week. Interesting that their CEO resigned today as well, so they're not going very flash at all. Tony Greenberg uh, pretty much uh, fell on his sword with all of that May 28 uh, <laughs> stuff, didn't he? So, um, yeah, so someone re- some, something really had to give there for the NRL. But um, the AFL clubs uh, this week have, uh, are ramping up talks about getting their players back and uh, – mm. Training again. Um, yeah. There's a the, the 17 round season. Well, it's been reported tonight that uh, is set to commence uh, late June, early July. So that sort of has a, a pretty good run date. So that's what maybe seven, eight weeks from now. So um, mm-hmm. I honestly can't see the risk in having football players go and train. Like if you look at if you've been to the supermarket lately, you've probably got more of a risk of catching, uh, you know coronavirus or some sort of disease at the supermarket than you do if um, football players are, who are highly managed and they're under the, the watchful eye of many uh, doctors and physios, you'd think that, you know, they should be allowed to go back to training pretty soon considering the low numbers that we've had in SA and, you know, Victoria's only recorded a few cases as well recently. So you'd, you'd think that they're a lot closer than they are further away. And if you go down the hubs path, um, if the four clubs or the clubs that are travelling interstate, if they do the 14 days isolation first, if they just get mm-hmm. there, do the 14 days isolation, um, tick that box, then do the three weeks uh, training. Like you don't have to train at home, you know, football oval, yeah. football oval. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that's five weeks. So um, it's sort of goes into the time frame of about end of June, the start of July. And how exciting will it be for Adelaide or South Australia to have six AFL teams running around in our backyard? Just too bad Part we can't. Yeah. <laughs> too bad we just, just got to watch it on TV at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that fact that it could all be coming here and that's uh, – I mean, it's pretty cra- – and it doesn't have to all be at the Adelaide Oval. That's the one thing that I think people are starting to forget – 
just put them out on every single sample ground. If you chuck some AFL posts in, which, you know, that's not an expensive exercise, stick a whole yeah. bunch of AFL-sized posts into every sample ground and you've got yourself, uh, you know, up to 10 grounds that are all AFL-ready that you can play a whole bunch of different games on, bring just about every team here and, and really make it uh, a proper carnival in South Australia. And you could even go as regional as you wanted to if you, if you absolutely had to. So um, it would be a great display for SA to certainly put on and, and, and make it all happen. We'll continue this discussion, of course, next week when uh, the AFL have uh, probably on Monday night, as we expect, a return date coming out. That's the exciting bit. April 27, next Monday, is when we expect to hear from the AFL. So you think with a return date, you'd also, they'd also announce a training date for the clubs to go back oh, yeah. because they'd have to prepare for that. Absolutely. Rob Chapman from the Adelaide Crows was saying Monday night on radio that uh, there's a six-week minimum uh, pre-season, if you like, that they're going to require before they get back into it. Yeah, right. So if if you haven't been doing the right thing and following the guidelines the club have set you, you're going to be well behind the pace by the time the (laughs) season rolls around again. You're not going to have much time to get fit. Actually, it also leads to the point of, you know, is it going to be a little bit sloppier now? Like, what is the... You know, these players have, I know they've been doing some work at home, but it's nothing like playing in, in footy games or doing a, a hard pre-season out in the scorching heat and, you know, running, you know, getting flogged on the track. What is the sort of standard going to be? Is it going to be a bit sloppy or is it going to be slower? It's going to be interesting to see the actual um, the mode of football that when it actually does return. Back to meat pies, oh, beers I, and sausage rolls like in the 80s, Dale. Oh, how good. I, I actually think you'll find the skillful players will come to the fore. You'll actually find now who are the skillful skillful players in, in our competition because you, you can't teach skill. Like you can be yep. fit, you can run all day, you can be strong, you can do the weights, you can do all that, but the skillful players don't lose their skill. So um, the, the, those players will rise to the top. Um, when Robbie, Robbie Gray to win a Brownlow. Ooh. Silk, <laughs> Silk Burgoyne. Uh, yeah, he's going to be back in his prime. <laughs> That's right. Everyone's playing at his level now. Um, yeah. Let's 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 move on out of this and let's get into um, a story that um, dropped on. Uh, Friday, I believe it was, last week. Interesting one. We've already spoken about him, Lockie Hunter, um, the story of the Western Bulldogs player who drunk drive, uh, drove uh, and smashed into four parked cars at a reading of twice the legal limit. That's absolutely um, deplorable mm. from any human being, regardless, uh, regardless of uh, whether they play f- uh, footy or not. But for a footballer who has a lot of responsibilities, that was a, it was a massive, massive moment uh, for us in news. And then later that night, just winding the clock forward a little bit, the news day is, has passed by and we get to 6.10pm after all the major news bulletins have sort of started to get themselves sorted and then they haven't got enough time to prepare any story. The radio shows are done. They decide the Adelaide Crows to release news that's actually a week and a one day old of one of their own who has done exactly the same thing in just about similar circumstances uh, bar the crashing into parked cars. Um, it's pretty pretty much taking out the trash, really. It's a very interesting situation. You guys uh, saw it play out just as everyone else in the media did and, and now the public. How did you see that? The, the Crows releasing at the 11th hour, outside of all media working hours, uh, the Crows dropping a story of another player, a DUI. Oh, uh, yeah, interesting. When I when I first looked at it and I heard that they'd spent over a week to try and um, – well, we spent over a week to release the information, I just thought, oh, it was a bit of a flashback to times going past the Adelaide Crows. But then I learned a little bit more about it and the fact that he'd probably hidden it from the club for 48 hours, not tell them, and then they had done a full investigation into it and then um, he – they – and this is where it becomes questionable because then the, the club has let him – then spend, I don't know, the next day or two to go and speak to all the players or waited for a meeting over a, a teleconference or over the phone to talk to all the players about it and come forward to all the players before they release it to public information. So that's really what the whole um, drama is about because does the club go on and release the, the information to the media before he's had a chance to speak to the players or do they do it after? It's really a catch-22 for them in terms of do they put the, the player before the, you know, the player before the media or the media before the player. In this case, you know, he's done the wrong thing. You know, he's a young kid. He's only, he's only, uh, he's blown twice the legal limit though and, and he has gotten by on the wheel, which is a serious offence regardless if you're an AFL footy player or not. We've seen Lockie Hunter. Lockie Hunter's going to face a double whammy. Not only is he going to cop a $1,600 
uh, fee for you know breaking coronavirus rules, but he's also probably up for a yeah. hundred thousand bucks in damage of the cause of for the damage to the Carsey cause. So it's yeah, he's up for a, a huge amount. Tyson Stingle, on the other hand, is a bit of a fringe player for the Crows. He's only been there a year after transferring from being traded from uh, Richmond Football Club, where he didn't wasn't that flash hot there over there either. So really, it's it's up to him now. His, his career's at a crossroad about where he wants to go and take his football and it's not looking good at the moment. Eddie Betts is probably someone he should be on the phone to his relatives straight away and I'm sure Eddie's probably already called him and said, you know, this is not what, you know, this is not what playing AFL footy is about. You've got to make better decisions um, than this because Eddie Betts early on in his career was at a, a similar crossroad as well and his AFL career wasn't quite getting everything right off the field as well as uh, on the field, but was able to turn it around and become a fantastic player and a fantastic um, person, a positive person away from the football club and everything he does off the field. So maybe, you know, Tyson Stengel's got to speak to Eddie Betts and, and, you know, get his career in order. Yeah, it's a real real big moment in Stengel's career. He can go uh, one or two ways, can't it? He can uh, turn it around and be, become the, the Crows next Eddie Betts or he could be delisted within 18 months, really. So um, it's it's up to him now. But um, when, when I when the word come through about um, the release and what had happened and the time frame of it, I just just had just really nothing. Nothing's really changed, boys, has it? Since uh, from the from last year, I thought the the whole review uh, sort of ironed that out. But uh, clearly, uh, same old, same old, isn't it? It was. It's it's a it's a cheeky little trick that is used out there sometimes, isn't it? Where you don't always want the, the bad news to sort of be front and centre of every newspaper and every uh, radio show and television bulletin. So you just saw hide it away after all the bulletins are just about finished and all the radio shows are done and the papers are just about printed for the next day. You just hide it away and release it at a time which is later at night when people aren't really going to see it. That's that's essentially what happened. It's it's a it's look. It's a smart trick. It's it's one that's used quite often for a lot of things. I remember last year. I think it was in the middle of the preliminary final um, for the AFL, uh, where I can't remember what it was. I think it was one of the um, major acts for some sort of event that was coming up. I can't quite remember now, but there was a major event anyway, and um, the um, the pop singer or whoever it was going to be, the major act had pulled out and they made the announcement at the first bounce and the and the siren to start off one of the preliminary finals of the footy and no one noticed because the footy the full focus was on the footy the entirety of Australia was looking at that and reporting on that so it happens at time to time and it's smart if you want to just sort of hide your bad news and keep it away from from everyone but unfortunately right now the news uh, is very very thin so it gets picked up anyway days later if, if, if you can hide something on social media during coronavirus lockdown, then you are Houdini. <laughs> Correct. And, uh, and, and releasing something on social media at 6.30 at night, any day of the week, uh, is probably prime time as well. So uh, I can under, definitely understand the Crow's way of thinking, but, uh, yeah, sort of uh, nothing's really changed, has it? Well, moving out of the AFL just for now, because uh, we could spend all day talking footy, um, let's just move quickly into the local scene. The SANFL are thinking about uh, getting started nice and early, which I think is going to be very beneficial to just about every sports lover in the country. If the SANFL, since SA is going so well with the virus decreasing so rapidly, that maybe the Sandful can get out on the park first and be the very first sporting competition to resume. And uh, this is what their CEO, Jake Parkinson, says may just happen uh, in amongst all this. We know that we are going to have to be very flexible in returning to playing football. The sample competition doesn't have TV rights to go and play games of football in front of empty stadiums. It makes the financial construct of playing football far more challenged. But when you have players saying, look, Jake, we just want to play, we'll go out on the ground and play, and if that means we, we don't get paid, we don't get paid, well, certainly that's the first step in the dance, and the, the players, they're just so united. So they want to play, the players... For no coin whatsoever. They just want to get back out on the park. Guys, how do we see this? I can't see uh, that happening at all. Um, um, Jake Parkinson said also today, um, Sample are hell-bent on playing in 2020 and he's, he's resigned to the fact that the first few rounds or most of the half of the season will be could be in front of no fans. But I can't 
under, understand why or how uh, the sample can play um, for free pretty much because there's the Crows and Port Adelaide players, uh, um, for starters, um, the sample can't start until the AFL starts because there's AFL reserve teams in the competition. So I can see the amateur league starting before the sample. What do you reckon, Jason? Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, Parker said that because there's one thing that the players want to start, but they need a coach to be coached on the field. So I'm guessing the coaches will want some sort of money. I'm guessing the trainers will want a little bit of money for rubbing them down in the, the rooms beforehand before they run out. Um, I just can't see it happening at all. I can't see this, you know, it might be well and good that the players want to get started, but the reality is Sample needs money to be operational and they can't do it without the fans. And so I think they're really in a catch-22 where they need to wait until the AFL also goes back to playing football. But at the same time, they have to wait until fans are really allowed back in the stadiums, which is the AFL. There's no guarantee that will happen this year, even if the AFL does go back on that July 20. 24th date. So um, for the Sanford, they're in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment. It's all well and good that they want to play footy. Whether they can or not to survive into the future is a different question. Yeah, the, the fans is, is the big issue, isn't it, with, with local footy because uh, because SA is going so well with this curve. Um, you could um, have a very valid argument that local footy can could cover South Australian local footy leagues, um, could be some of the first sporting leagues to, to start up uh, in Australia post-virus. Post so, mm -hmm. um, but, they, but they can't start um, without fans like um, amateur league uh, teams um, across all sports. You know. also, what's the point of starting? What's the point of starting if they're not going to – you know, they might be okay to start, but what's the point if the club's not going to benefit or the league's not going to benefit from it? And everyone's, I understand there's, you know, it's good to get back to sport, but if it's going to be at the detriment of the whole league, then why do it? Yeah, well, the, the, that's that's another great question. So uh, maybe the, it's just the thirst for playing football mm. uh, is that great now. Um, they just want to play, but w what happens after two or three weeks when, you know, all the teams are busting their guts and uh, they look at their bank account and it still says zero? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. You're not going to be training real hard on the track, but uh, that weekend if you're going to go out there and, you know, you know, really uh, try to run through brick walls on the on the uh, in the training track and not get anything for it on game day. Yeah, and then, and then the other thing uh, Sanford got to consider too is if if the AFL does come back and if the AFL touchwood hopefully doesn't happen, but if there is a positive test in the mm. AFL, then that pretty much shuts down the SANFL as well because that takes uh, two teams out, out out of your competition. I think Sorry. that's why they're being so cautious with the return date as well because they know the AFL knows that if there is that positive case, they're back to square one. And that's the last thing they want to do is open the gates and then all of a sudden have to shut everything down again. So, you know, they are going to make sure that they wait that extra bit of uh, time to make sure they get it right. But that's as well as the sample clubs. If they, you know, go ahead and it, it'll all be for nothing if someone in the sample tests positive anyway. So, you know, why risk it? And it's uh, interesting too, I was uh, reading this today, the, if there's 30 days consecutive days of zero cases, that's pretty much the green light for everything. So is it just a, you know, calm the farm type thing? Mm. Let's get let's get 30 days of zero cases and uh, the, the fans will be able to come back. Could there possibly be a situation where the Port Adelaide Magpies and the Adelaide Crows as AFL reserve sides are removed from the sample season for 2020 just for the sake of getting this game up and running before the AFL? Because time is of the essence right now. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly they could do that to mitigate their risk of having that situation where a player tests positive in the sample and that, that league goes back as well. And that way they'd, they'd be affected through the AFL side. So you could could see them, both teams pull their sample teams out just to try and mitigate that risk and make sure that they've got enough players or, or they're, they're quarantining their players away from that league so if something does happen, it won't affect the AFL side. And on the flip side, I, I don't think it will happen and I, I think that the sample are pretty much um, will just have to wait to see what the AFL does and I don't think the sample starts until even the AFL hubs are finished because you know, the, the, the Crows and Port Adelaide um, 
well, the, the, their players will be in a hub uh, quarantine. You can't uh, be zigzagging out from a yeah. AFL hub to Unley Oval in the parade and that. So uh, I can't see the the sample starting until uh, mm-hmm. uh, until at least the AFL hubs are finished. Well, the postponement of the season for the Sanford was up until May 31, and they are very much like the AFL uh, going to be reassessing and making a decision at the end of April as well. So the AFL next Monday will expect to hear an announcement on the season resumption and where they're going with that. But the Sanford are going to be not too far behind them either. So will they do an NRL and try and come back early, or will they try and stick with the AFL and uh, keep themselves in line with the rest of the country and where all the other state leagues will probably follow as well. Now, um, sticking to Adelaide as we talk, Adelaide Oval was one of the main hubs for not just footy, but also cricket. Dale, But you mentioned before, obviously, the Indian cricket team are meant to be coming here uh, for a test series, a four-test series, but it's now been, it uh, looks like it'll be five tests with Afghanistan um, pulling out. This is exciting. Uh, the Adelaide Oval could become uh, a hub for cricket teams such as India so that we can uh, see a lot of cricket played here and maybe here only. This is uh, the CEO of the SACA, Keith Bradshaw, late last week, talking about uh, the possibility of it all happening. I suppose we're really just trying to keep our options open at the moment. Just felt that uh, following a conversation I had with Andrew Daniels with the hotel coming on stream in September, that what what an opportunity it may well be to have a visiting touring team such as India come to Adelaide, do their quarantine at the Adelaide Oval Hotel so they're on site, they get all their nutrition and their dietary requirements. They have world-class training facilities, outdoor, indoor gym then could flow on from there to play a test match. Or in fact, I think I even said two or three, perhaps. It's just an ideal, you know, in terms of what we're facing at the moment, I, I can't think of anywhere else that could offer the same opportunities that we do. Imagine that happening, guys. Uh, the Adelaide Oval hosting uh, basically a number of tests, a carnival of international cricket uh, across the summer. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Sounds exciting, doesn't it? But uh, I love the idea, uh, especially to have the Indian cricket team, what the the kings of the sport, as um, uh, call themselves, uh, in in our backyard, self isolating for fourteen days. But uh, <laughs> having uh, having said that, isn't the T um, Twenty World Cup first? Shouldn't shouldn't we have? Why don't we just get all the T Twenty World Cup teams in Adelaide and self isolate them first, and then deal with and then. India will be oscillated, so <laughs> I, I, I'd go a step step further. I'd I'd get I'd get the whole world here. So from last week, Dale, you were saying just about every international team, all the borders are up. We're not letting any team in. There's no chance of the World Cup possibly happening. Uh, and now Keith Bradshaw comes up with an idea: the Adelaide Oval can bring a country here, and you reckon they can all come here? How, what, you've you've jumped uh, jumped backwards, mate. Well, no. If 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 the borders are open, then everyone come on down. But I still think that the borders will be shut internationally uh, in October, unless there's some sort of ICC chartered plane out there that we don't know of, um, which won't happen. But uh, the if if you, my argument is if if India is going to come here, if they can get here, then bring the world. I'm worried about the fact that that might be rules for some because uh, that's all great and well to. Um, to say let's just quarantine a whole bunch of different countries, peoples in Adelaide because uh, we haven't got any cases and we'll be fine. Um, just lock them up in the Adelaide Oval Hotel. Uh, the international borders are set for a reason and I think that by flirting with that for the time being where uh, other countries are going to be very strict about who they let in and out and of course obviously once they're out of the country they come to Australia and have to go back after a month it's it's all just for the for the sake of a handful of cricket games and majority of those countries might not even be in the in the hunt to try and win it it might just be Australia and two other countries that are really the favorites to win it so is there really a point to you know stuff around with all this just for a, for a series of, of cricket games no not not at all uh, we're here everyone else forfeits and uh, we win the World Cup awesome <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted to hear well let's uh, stay with the uh, cricket vibes with um, on a local scale, the Redbacks uh, today, uh, that's Monday, uh, in the advertiser, it was announced that they will be taking on an external review. It came out of the blue, really. We saw Jay- Jamie Siddons, the uh, former head coach the last few seasons, um, mutually part ways with the Redbacks, and now they're looking for a new head coach. And 
all in the same process. Saka have asked Michael Hussey, Mr. Cricket, no one better, Mr. Cricket, to mm. on his own lone hand. Uh, undertake an external review uh, of the high performance of the South Australian cricket uh, situation right now. So um, I suppose it is a good time to go over it and Mike Hussey's the right guy or he could be a good guy, but I find it very interesting that he's the only guy in an external review process. Um, Where do you guys stand? I don't think that's the actual question you need to be asking, Sam. I think you should be asking why are the Redbacks doing a review in the first place? And we've seen that Jamie Siddons has departed the club. It's left the door open for the speculation that Dizzy Gillespie is going to be handing the coaching role. I can tell you from speaking to a very prominent player manager, player agent, that that's not going to be the case. He believes that there's another front runner before or in front of Dizzy Gillespie that's um, really taken the Sackers' fancy. But before they can announce a coaching change, they want to put in this review because they feel that for a number of years they have been uh, below par, that they haven't quite been able to achieve what they should have with their likes of some of the players such as, you know, um, Travis Head, such as Alex Carey in their side. They feel that they've been underperforming for a number of years and they're trying to figure out exactly why that's the case. Now, with, uh, you know, this information coming to light, you'd think that with Dizzy doing so well with the strikers, it would automatically transfer across to the Red Base. I can tell you that's not the case. They're looking at different options to try and expand their horizon. They don't want someone that's uh, a part of this so-called culture that's been happening for the last couple of years. They want a fresh look at it. They want a a fresh uh, face in there. And I can tell you that the person that they're thinking of having or that's been touted as probably a a front-runner for the position is someone that's worked with the, the Australian side as well. So there's a lot to play out with this situation. So is uh, Mr. Cricket, who's come in to do this review, is uh, pretty much his review going to be, I should be the coach? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. I think that rules him straight out for uh, being on a review board. Could his review be, I should open the batting? <laughs> <laughs> Play coach. It could be very very handy because you, yeah, well, the Redbacks have a quality list or squad, but uh, if you take Alex Carey out, uh, if you take Travis Head out, uh, it gets pretty thin pretty quickly, I think. Uh, the bowling stocks are very good, but uh, if you lose your star batsman and your wicketkeeper, um, might be uh, pushing the proverbial uphill, aren't we? I think the the red. I'm thinking it's a it's probably a good thing that the Redbacks have decided to uh, make this decision. But uh, my only concern is the fact that Mike Hussey, I understand, is a great of the game and has had a lot of experience at state level and also at the international level. So he's seen a lot on both sides and is a great mentor too. If just the one mind is going to be enough to really uh, dig into the South Australian woes, because there has been quite a lot of just tiny little issues that probably need to be tinkered with inside that camp and no no fault of their own they made two shield finals two years in a row and they were sensational but then as they all got more experienced and um, became more um, coerced as a group it's almost like the performance has just withered away and you sort of wondered how someone a team that could become so gelled and such a a well-experienced group and played so much cricket together could get so much worse um so that'll be very interesting and and look Mike Hussey gonna do a great job I'm sure um and the new coach whoever that may be and Jace seems to have a good idea uh, I'm sure we'll take them in a fresh new direction and that's what they're going to need to really um, rejuvenate that group and hopefully get themselves some wins on the board before uh, Travis Head and Alex Carey become uh, prominent uh, test members for a long time and don't play for the Redbacks very often again. So I think it'd be great that we could have a real stab here and Mike Cussey can bring some great expertise to the table. I just think it'd be great to, to have maybe one or two great South Australian minds around that as well. Um, to really get that fabric back, which is you know winning cricket, which is something we used to do years and years and years ago. Uh, let's move into the Adelaide 36s space before we get stuck into our favourite segments of the show. Um, Dale, some new uh, news coming out last week about uh, a potential new coach. His name is Connor Henry, and he may be taking over the Sixers' head role. 
Yeah, there's a Twitter and social media lighted up uh, big time uh, late last week uh, when the name Connor Henry dropped. Um, seems seems to be a ninety nine percent certain that uh, he's uh, going to uh, agree or he's agreed to terms. This hasn't uh, signed the deal, but then uh, Adam Capone uh, pretty much uh, had agreed as well, and uh, he's not the coach either. So mm. um, until he signs the dotted line, he isn't the coach, but he's pretty much the coach in waiting, uh, Connor Henry. Now, uh, the name would ring a bell for NBL fans. He coached uh, the Perth Wildcats and has been assistant coach at the Sydney Kings. But uh, that was nearly 10, 11 years ago. But uh, since then, he's been uh, an assistant coach in the NBA at, uh, at the Orlando Magic, um, 2015, 2016. But uh, interesting, uh, interesting choice. Um Doing a bit of research on Connor Henry the last couple of days, uh, can't really see how um, it, it fits. It fits the thirty sixes uh, model, um, or it says it says it says on his profile that um, he hasn't hasn't coached for a few years either. So oh um, it's a. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting, interesting acquisition. Jace has uh, his hands on his head right now. Is that is that the feeling of most Sixers fans oh, right now? They're just really geez, unsure of this geez. choice. You're not selling it for me, Dale. You're not selling <laughs> him at all. He's supposed to be the Lord and Savior coming and just you know <laughs> rescue this club from all the misery it's suffered over the last six months. Are you telling me he's no good? What's happening here? What is a pancake? Well, I'm I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, make it sound like he's good, but is I... he? Is he the guy? Is he? Is it a hundred percent him? Like he, I know that uh, many media agencies have reached out for a comment from him, but he's been silent. Hasn't said a bar. So I'm not <laughs> even sure if it, he's he's the one. Well, so it's ninety nine percent him, but uh, until he um, until he flies into Australia, which is a which is oh. a big big farce, I think. Um, with all these uh, international border restrictions, uh, why would the 36ers sign someone who doesn't live in Australia? Yeah, the one we're doing Skype training sessions the way we're going. <laughs> and, if it's, uh, and if the Sixers Skype is as good as yours, <laughs> <It's better laughs> uh, they're going to be worse than last year. <laughs> yeah, that's, Jeez, is, is, it, is it fair for us to write off a guy this early? We haven't real. I mean, we're not giving him a chance here at the moment. And we're having a bit of fun. But all the while, clearly the 36ers are trying to put in the best research they can into the best guy. Now, if, it, if he's not the best guy uh, on paper, maybe he has some other runs on the board, some recommendations from elsewhere that might be putting him up the front. Or, Dale, have we just run out of options? Well, I was about to add, imagine, it doesn't matter who they sign now, imagine being the guy, oh, we wanted Adam Capone, but he said no, so so it's you. Mm. So that, that would make you feel, feel really good, won't it? Just uh, <laughs> straight off the bat, wouldn't it? Yeah. My question is, we're going on, you know, leading on from what we just spoke about with the Redbacks during review, aren't the 36ers supposed to be doing a review? Where is that at? And why are they signing a coach? Before they've even completed it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Very good call, Jace. I think I think the review's been done. I just um, just has well, been uh, has well, been uh, portrayed as uh, who's, who who did the review? Who have they spoken to? Why haven't they released any information? It just seems farcical that you know they're going down this path of, of signing a coach and they haven't made one iota about a review um, and, and the people that were taking place to do it. Pass. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have um, more. I fully agree. Well, Brad Ma and Rupert Sapwell did, did did the review. Uh, maybe uh, Jerry Wright uh, left. Kevin Kevin White left. Uh, doesn't look like Kevin Brooks will be around. Um, maybe mm. it's just uh, I don't. They're just um, explaining their review uh, th- through the club's actions. Well, I don't think they can announce a player before they've actually gone through that. Surely it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think another big, uh, another big stake um, uh, the Sixers have done is sign Josh Giddy as a next star, and then uh, yeah. now over the over the weekend the the NBA's gone. Yeah, um, bang with these one and done G League deals, which uh, pretty much stops all the good American talent coming out um, uh, as next stars. So um, yeah, and then um, 
for the NBLs are pretty much cut 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 the wages in half too. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty much a short term pain for long term gain in uh, from the NBLs perspective. Yeah, absolutely, and it's going to be tough times. Like you just said there, the Next Stars program from the NBL was going to be such a shining light for the next uh, couple of years, but it's pretty much under threat now, the G League. They're offering up to around $800,000 at, at tops for for players to leave college early and get into the to the pros, which is um, it's, that's taken a lot of people out of contention to come to Australia and play in the NBL just to play pro basketball. So nonetheless, we're going to keep talking about uh, the potential of a new 36ers coach um, coming up in the next week or two because uh, that will continue to develop. Righto, we've come to that time. It's Root of the Week. Who's in the uh, who's in the firing line this week? Well, well uh, I'll do uh, Root of the Week uh, this week. Well, hey. and, uh, it, it's real, it's real, it's real Root of the Week. It's creme de la creme oh. Root Ooh, of the Week. So, so, um, as, um, Jace, have, have you got the, uh, the podcast chat Open as we as we speak. Oh, my, I'm I'm so scared of my internet crashing and everything buggering up that I, I don't. To be honest with you, <laughs> well, get it on your phone. Get get something. Get, get it on, please. Uh, right well, now. Hey, what are we talking about? The Facebook chat? Are you talking about? Our Facebook, Facebook chat. chat. Okay, hang on. Pray that this doesn't crash. You might cause a bloody crash here. This this could be. It'll, this could it'll, be it'll, it'll be it'll be worth four hundred thousand crashes. Trust me. Okay. All right. Hang on. We're like we're slowly loading. This is this it's is like, live, it's like going back in time. My internet. This is like it's like going back in time. <laughs> it's live podcasting, despite the fact that um, we are a podcast. Could edit this out, but we're choosing to keep it in because the suspense is really building here. Dale's brought the the live element it's, of this. <laughs> it's like a dial up modem. That's how we're going here. It's like I can almost hear the ringing. Goodness me! Can, can, can you just check it all on right, your phone? So you got it. You've just sent him a link. So, the root of the week this week is Jace Kemp. Uh, uh, Sam actually found this <laughs> on, uh, on on YouTube. This is going to get uh, posted on uh, at Pressbox oh, TV. And uh, no. this is. This this oh. this is the root of the year. This is it. This is it. The root of the year. Now, while Jace to, to 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 describe it, yes, yeah, we yeah. have found Jace Kemp's audition reel <laughs> on YouTube, and seriously, there is more hair gel in that man's hair <laughs> than there is in that, the whole chemist warehouse. But oh. it was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. <laughs> I I have the ability here in the studio to multitask, and I've managed to pull up the screen at the same time. So I'm going to play a little bit of this, and we can laugh oh along God. because oh, no. not only are we going to play just a little bit of the start and the introductions, this is the best bit, the first 40 seconds of this, I won't play too much more than that, is basically all his uh, co-hosts introducing him, and they are taking the absolute P-I-5-5 and it is it is rather amusing. And one of the best bits is one of the uh, one of the liners that we'll cack up to. So this will get broadcast on our social medias too. But just have a listen. Also on board to kick us off uh, in couch mode, of course, we have uh, from right to left, we have Mr. Jace Kemp, the former teacher of Gully, has been now Hectorville potential Hectorville superstar. Been. We've got uh, on my left. The great man Jason Kemp joining us. The Iron Man from Hectorville, Jason Kemp. To my right, the great Jason Kemp. And joining me on the panel of truth tonight is a man, well, there's uh, there's candlelight vigils and telephones all around the nation at the moment for this bloke's foot so he can get back for playing for his beloved hounds. Ain't injury a bitch. Jason Kemp, welcome aboard. Cheers, mate. Well, we think he's still hanging around the Hectorville Football Club. Oh, last time I saw him, he was hanging outside Daly Oval throwing balls back over the fence, and that's it. That's all his role is down there. It's Jason Kemp. Jace, welcome to the roots. Good to be here, mate, another week. Jason oh. Kemp joining us. He's just rushed in from the I'll fade that oh, out. That is outstanding content. Oh, it was a good time in my life being on that panel. It was the Grassroots panel, it was Channel 44. We used to meet every, uh, I think it was every Tuesday night, we used to meet back in the old 44 just off Port Road there and um, we used to record, uh, you know, an hour, a quality hour of television which was uh, about all, all things amateur league football and we used to discuss and I had some great um, co-hosts in that show as well. So it was a good time. I, I, totally, I honestly totally forgot about that audition date. <laughs> And the and the best bits, Dale. Before you rip in, there are a few bits that I had to pull out there. You were you, you were given shit about your foot, 
because you had a bad injury yeah. once. You've you've yeah. you've been called Iron Man <laughs> by your teammate. <laughs> And then the ha- the Hectorville has been, mate. You're a has been. <laughs> <Hector> has been. <laughs> but I was I was uh, in and out. I can tell you that I was uh, no good. So um, that's hilarious that you found that. I don't know if it's on that t- on that video, but I was actually dressed up pretending I was in uh, at the Beijing Olympics. At yes, one stage. I'm looking at. I've just paused it at the wrong time. There's a shot of Jason about 50 seconds in. He's got a swimmer's cap on and goggles, and he's made a he's made a joke about some being some Chinese swimmer. <laughs> is it Sun Yang? <laughs> oh, oh, quality television. That's content. That is that is content that you want at this time when people are in isolation. I'll tell you that much. Oh. Well, it got a few clicks uh, over the weekend. Uh, I'm sure you were, because I just had to watch it a few times. I just didn't know what I was watching. But uh, <laughs> uh, the, um, tell you what, I've, I've come, I've, I've come a long way. It, it is ninety five percent comedy, but I do like there is some hard hitting elements to that. Oh, there is, and I, I love it when you've got the you've 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 rattled the coach, you've rattled the coach <laughs> about about the booze ban, and then you've pulled out printout <laughs> of the coach being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of his, his actual captain was in on that one. He he actually sent me the photos. So he says, "Mate, I know that you've got the the coach coming on tonight. Here's a couple of photos of him uh, having a few a few furfies with us uh, after a win." So he, he sent me these. So it was quite hilarious, actually. It come. He had no idea it was, was going to happen, but no, it was quite funny at the time. Oh, that you, was you, a could, you could tell too in the video. The coach went. Oh God, what's happening? It was a full blown <laughs> stitch up. It was outstanding. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. Oh boy. Oh, classic time. No, 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 not as good as that stitch up that what you just heard. Uh. <laughs> that was great. Uh, how, honestly, how did you come about that? What were you punching my name into YouTube? Was no, like, you know what's, what's funny. You know what's funny? You know, you know what is funny. I don't actually know how I stumbled across it. Somehow, I, I think it might have been. It might have been on LinkedIn. It might have been somewhere. But somehow, it popped up, and I was like, "Get out of town!" I had to watch it, and it just—I lost. I was in tears. So I can't believe it's taken fifty episodes for it to come up. <laughs> just I must admit. I must admit, I'll throw it out there. So, so you can't do any digging. You can't throw. Anything back on us, Jason? There is YouTube footage of Sam and I doing a television show in Christmas hats. If if you do enough searching, so uh, yeah, you, right. you, you can click on that and have a bit of a giggle as, oh, uh, as payback. The old Christmas oh, hats. Don't, don't don't think don't think outing yourself now is going to save you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the hair gel in this show, in this episode is uh, going to go straight to Twitter and everyone can have a look. It's a, it is rather amusing. <laughs> All right, that's a, that is a ripper. Well played, boys. Let's get into pass or fast. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It's farcical. 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 We're playing out of fast. It ends farcically. The rook rules are a fast. Farcical goal. That sounds farcical. It's a bit of a fast. It's a disgrace. Oh boy, Dale, big week. What do you got? <sighs> I'm still coming to terms with that YouTube video. Um, but um, first, uh, first one this week. Uh, Sammy Newman, everyone loves Sammy Newman. Well, I'm a big fan of uh, Sam Newman, uh, footy show legend. Um, um, and keen golfer too, Sam Newman. And uh, yeah. over the past week or ever since this whole virus shutdown has, has happened, uh, Sam Newman's been posting photos about uh, playing golf or not being able to play golf uh, in Victoria. Um, so... Uh, Sam Newman's social media videos um, pleading to play golf in Victoria, pass or fast. Guy's got to settle down, I reckon, old Sammy boy. He love, I know he loves a swing, and um, he's a he's a big aficionado when it comes to, to golf. But he's walking up along uh, outside Parliament for uh, in in Victoria with his his checkered golf slacks and uh, his, his, his golf bag and he's got a little 30 second video to camera saying I'm going to be out here until uh, the Premier comes out and says has a conversation with me. I think he's getting a bit ahead of himself. Uh, if you want to play golf that bad you should have just flown to South Australia before the borders came locked down and just play at the Royal Adelaide mate. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm right there with you, Samuel. I think it's a massive farce, old foss. No wonder they call him the fossil. He's that <laughs> far past. It's not even funny. He's prehistoric the way he's gone about. But seriously, I'm I'm in yours. I'm in your boat. I'm in your shoes. Uh, if he wants to come and play golf, mate, jump on a uh, jump in the car, come and self quarantine for 14 days, yep. and have as much bloody hit around the lakes as you want, hit around the links as you want. So, mate, Sammy Fass, big pass, Sammy the Foss, big pass. Oh. Um, <laughs> Um, if um, you should be able to, you should be allowed to play golf, right? Seriously, like in pairs, you know, have your own cart or walk yourself. You know, I go running every day and I see heaps of people out running and exercising and that. The golf, they're, they're, there's no one there. There's social distancing uh, 101 uh, golf because, you know, you hit it in the trees on the left and your partner hits it on the trees on the right. You're nowhere near each other. Um, mm. he's, got a valid, he's got a valid point. Um, I did like uh, Cornsy's tweet. I think it was this morning or yesterday, inviting him over to play at uh, the Royal Glenelg <laughs> Golf Club. And then uh, Kane pipes up with, "I'd pay good money to watch that." So uh, I'd pay good money to watch that as well. So um, a big, big pass to Fossil. And uh, Mate, just... the funny thing about that is, I don't know if you saw Cornsy's reply. He said, "After two holes, you'd want your money back." <laughs> <laughs> at least he's honest about his game. <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be uh, lockdown um, isolation. Much much watch television. That that should be filmed. I reckon that that, that would be good. That'd be sensational. Oh boy, <laughs> the Foss v Cornsy one on one golf. That'd oh be great. <laughs> um, now next one, we'll stick with social media. Um, Sam Tugwell didn't really like this, so uh, he put it in the um, parcel fastboard. Um, I'm just going to say David Warner's TikTok account. Pass or pass. <laughs> I saw I saw this the other day. My brother sent it to me, and um, his caption was, "What did I just watch?" And when I watched it, I thought exactly the same thing. David Warner is in his lounge room, and he's doing some sort of um, routine uh, TikTok dance, like it's a, from a music video or something. It's all uh, it's it's all mapped out, and it I just uh, choreographed and everything, mate. Davey, just just stay away from the TikToks. That's for the teenagers, the little the teenage girls out there, and the and the young boys who just want to have a little uh, have a bit of fun in front of a camera. Not for for grown professional cricketers. Uh, stay away, please. Yeah, stick to making ones, Davey. Not worrying about bloody TikTok accounts and all that stuff. I'm with you, Sam. Massive fuss. Act your age, brother. Act your age. <laughs> Act your age. Get, get off that stuff. It's no good for you. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you win matches next summer. Oh, big pass again. Love it. Oh, I love it. And for a, Davy Warner's got young daughters. They're going to love that stuff. And they need oh, dad, no. dads to get involved. Love it. Love the stuff. And the best, the best TikTok I've seen throughout this TikTok phenomenon is uh, Andrew Gaze. Have you seen the Andrew Gaze? Oh, one? that is oh, also yuck. Horrific. That is also that yuck. Horrific. Sensation. Dale. Oh, Dale. This whole family in the lounge room. No thanks. Dale. I know you're a family man, and I know you love your son Archie. Uh, not to bring him into this, but uh, since you seem to be such a uh, an advocate right now for TikTok and choreography to dances in the lounge room. And for kids wanting to get involved, would you would you do a oh, TikTok and yes. a dance please for our yes. press box listeners and so much more for your son? If Archie wants to do Thriller and the Moonwalk on the in the lounge room, I'll, I'll do it with him. 100%. Yes. All right. <laughs> we're gonna make we're gonna have this we're gonna have this happen. We're gonna arrange this, and you will do a TikTok with your son <laughs> in the lounge room. <laughs> I better sign up first. I don't, know, don't, know. I don't even have the app, but I'll do it. You didn't you see this coming. App, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, That's fine. This is outstanding, Jace. I'm glad we've done this. <laughs> It'll rate better than an amateur footy show. You got tip. If he thinks he can win win points on me for showing that YouTube video, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to this. So am I. My, uh, I'll actually might get some uh, people that will block me on Twitter for a change. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just disgusted with the content. Anyway, um, right, so uh, I'll start my dancing lessons in the morning. Oh, boy. Um, uh, next one, uh, still on the cricket theme, um, we gave him a shout-out earlier on. Uh, uh, Nate Turner, our man, yes. uh, sent, sent through this, uh, well, it was really an appalling um, um, 
turn of events. Um, Fox Sports at the moment are rating the best um, video game, sports video games. Uh, they only got 64. And uh, Shane Warne Cricket 1999 got knocked out in the first round. So Shane, everyone would have played there. All, all of us would have yeah. played Shane Warne. 99. So Shane Warne, 99, getting knocked out in the first round of the Fox Sports video games bracket pass or fast. Oh, 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 I'm ready to explode. This, this is <laughs> this is absolute bullshlarkin. How they can, how they, how Fox Sports and whoever's whoever's even on their social media pages can can vote against Shane Warne cricket 99. It's it is one of the most is the biggest disgrace in all lists and all brackets in all quiz all co- anything that has happened in this coronavirus time. I know there's lists and brackets galore everywhere, but this this tops the lot. Shane Warne Cricket ninety nine is the goat of all cricket games. Yeah, one hundred percent agree with you, Sam. It was it's an iconic cricket game. It's not only a cricket game; it's the cricket game. Yes. If you're talking about if you're talking about any sort of cricket on uh, any sort of uh, PlayStation or, or a, um, a platform like that, games console. So you know, it's an absolute farce that it got knocked out in that so quickly in that round. That is a huge farce, massive farce, and it's so much of a farce. And I'll show my age here, how old I am. I had Shane Warne 99 on PC. Ripper. Jeez. That's how how old is going back, 1999. Were you a keyboard or joystick warrior? I was uh, was keyboard. Yep. Keyboard. Classic. All the way. Um, I should have been uh, studying. Um, I was doing year twelve in nineteen ninety nine, and instead of uh, instead of instead of uh, working out the mass equations, I was uh, making hundreds of boards on Shane ninety nine. So, uh, Classic, big class for sure. Oh boy! I, and uh, you had all the cheats to make the ball bigger and yes. the bat bigger. Yes, and, yes. Oh, How can you forget? Unreal. Heads and oh. it, 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 clearly the 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 age. Bracket of the voting of this is, oh, yeah. shoot the basket. Absolutely. Ah. Anyway, um, next one we'll, uh, we'll we'll go off sport altogether. Here, I'm going to say pass or fast to the man who bought 150 rolls or 150 packets of toilet paper <laughs> from Drake's and then tries to. Go and return them all. It's not parcel far. What a tool! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a shitty thing to do. Oh. <laughs> what a tosser! He tried to sell them on eBay. Then he got his account deleted. Then he went back to Drake's and said, "Oh, can I get a refund?" And uh, Drake's told him to get stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he deserves he deserves to uh, cop the uh, cop the. Um, well, I guess he's not going to get his money back. He copped the whatever expense it did to cost him to buy 150 rolls of toilet paper. Yeah, absolute genuine idiot. And uh, we talked about we we slammed them all. We slammed them all back at your place, Jace, a few weeks back when we were talking about mm. people who were hoarding. He's a one other one of them. And you know what, Roger Drake. He stuck the finger up in a in a video. Not something uh, that's great for PR usually yeah, by CEOs. But so- you know what. He uh, it, it got him some good it got him some positive spin because for once people actually agreed with an angry CEO it was stupid and uh, hugely farcical so uh, yes it, that bloke can go and get nicked. They're super super duper fast. I, lo- I love the bird. I, lo- I love the <laughs> given the bird. That's sensational and uh, yeah it doesn't really flush with me does it? <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> Um, you did so, the whole pass or fast just to put that one line in the yeah. end, didn't you? <laughs> 100%. Oh, I'm quite happy. I got, I got, I got a, um, I'm uh, all, um, I'm full up now in the in the bathroom with the toilet paper, so I'm <laughs> happy days. I don't know I've got 150, 150 packets, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good for. Come on, Dale. Uh, let's, let's roll on, mate. Well, the last one, uh, the last one, uh, the report, uh, report yesterday. Um, <laughs> About um, there was a Melbourne family pass or fast the Mel- to the Melbourne family who hosted sixty people 
or reported reportedly 60 people for an eight-year-old's birthday. No. What? That is a huge farce. What, what, what are people thinking in this time? I just locked down. It's not, it's not hard. Come on, fast. It deserved the fine. Yeah, I don't know how, uh, how it could possibly be a pass. That's just idiotic behaviour. They should have been slapped with 50 grand. They should have doubled the bloody penalty. That's that stupid, just especially, like you said, Sam, in this time with, you know, where we're trying to defend our health against, you know, an infectious disease, to have 60 people at a bloody little kid's party, that's just fuss. That's farcical. That's, that's a joke. If the kid wants more birthdays and just lock down and let's not celebrate this one. It's not hard. I mean, there's things called Skype. There's things called if you want to drive past in your car and, you know, toss a toss an envelope over the fence and wave goodbye. I mean, that's that's enough. I mean, you don't need to be doing this sort of stupid stuff. This is one of it's. You, you think the toilet paper hoarder was a farce? This is uh, this is this this is farce on another level. Like 16, mm. 16 breaches, you know, sixteen hundred each. Um, farce on so many levels. The 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 photo you can see up with the, the with the story online. Um, there's balloons on the fence. Why would you even advertise it? <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. two things I, uh, I never, I never thought I'd have to uh, see or do uh, in, with this podcast, um, and one is that I never thought that there'd be no sport. We'd be talking about no sport, and, and another is little kids' birthdays. <laughs> I just didn't think it would happen on this podcast. We were going to some strange places <laughs> without anything happening, and all of us in lockdown, and, and plus my internet's absolutely, it's it's had it. So yeah, strange, strange way to end a show. Hey, well, but this, it's just it's just a mess. <laughs> People out there, like if you're considering having a birthday party, just don't. Just, just is it that hard? No. And and how good Skype anyway, especially when it cuts in and out, like Jesus, it's sensational. <laughs> and you're trying to record a podcast too. We've been battling with some internet issues, issues all night. So, uh, Jace, I'm glad we got to the end of it still with you intact because you've dropped out about three times, but that's okay. The editing of the editing process, the magic of editing, uh, helps us through. Um, it is getting very late for us because we're all working very early, so we should probably uh, wrap this one up. But boys, great to have a, a chat to you again through the uh, through the laptop screen. But guess what? Next week. We're raising the bat, boys. Ep fifty. We're halfway there. Fifty. Unreal. Can't believe it. I'm reckon I'm about forty-five. So uh, enjoy the fiftieth. I reckon I'm still a few off. It. I think forty-five yeah, no, is no, generous. No, no. And I'm a <laughs> bang whack. I know I'm at. I know I'm at forty-nine. So my fiftieth is a. Hopefully, hopefully I don't get dismissed before fifty. Yeah, I'm like I'm like the cricketer that gets injured and then has to call for a runner. That's what just before. <laughs> Even your internet doesn't want you to be on the show at times. I think it's the issue, exactly, mate. Exactly. You've got to keep, keep soldiering on. Uh, we, want, we all want to be together next week, so uh, I can't wait for us all to assemble once again. Uh, it is time for us to wrap up. Dale, uh, good job, mate. Yeah, I love your green headset. It's, uh, it's gone viral on Twitter. And, uh, boys, I think uh, we might be uh, trying. We'll trial out. We'll do our best anyway to maybe hop on Zoom and do a bit of a visual mm. video recording of our of our show next week. So it's not just uh, not just an audio, which would be a bit of fun. So uh, maybe you just get the tuxes on. And uh, well, before then, if, if anyone's got any uh, MBN, can they just send it to Jace Kemp as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, I need it. I definitely need it. All right, boys, it's time to wrap it up. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks for joining us on the Press Box. And, of course, if you want to give us a shout-out, we'll give you a shout-out if you've got your podcasts out there. We're sharing the love and trying to find everyone a new favourite podcast out there. So keep doing so, and we'll uh, we'll get around you here on the Press Box. Catch you next week.